Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that today is finally, finally allowed by our self-imposed rules to talk about WandaVision in its entirety. But seeing as only two-thirds of us have seen WandaVision, we're going to keep that to the end and make a nice little package all about WandaVision spoiler nonsense that Sean and I shall do together. My name is Tosin, I am the host and I am based up in Bromsgrove in Worcestershire and joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. <laughs> now, for those of you who might only hear us and ha- no, don't actually follow us on any social media or anything like that, we're recording this over Zoom. And Sean has started doing this thing where he has a picture up in the background where he, you have to figure out who the actors are and what film they're in. And he has picked up a bit of a doozy this week that I think has... None of us got everything right. Let's put it that way. I think between Sharon and I, uh, Sharon and I, we kind of almost got all the actors in the picture right, but we totally, totally failed on the film. So Sean's sitting down there with this sort of like massive Bond grin on his face, like like Bond <laughs> villain grin, like <laughs> yes, my plan has come together. <laughs> but yeah, follow us on social media on the. Uh, facebook and netflix via cinema on twitter at netflix via cinema and play around and see how many of these people you could have gotten yourself but now we get onto the films this week and we have all had busy weeks film watching haven't we mm. yep yep we've we've all had yeah so i think sean you've seen what four five i think okay sean sean has seen five in the last week sharon you've seen <laughs> i've seen two okay sharon's seen Plus, two. i caught up on walking dead and um, Sky Arts. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Walking Dead. I've seen. <laughs> Sharon, Sharon, I've seen two episodes. But yeah, is there three in the new lot? Is there one to come? Or, there's or an, I think now? there's another couple. I think there's another. Oh two. right, so we can't. So so we'll be able to do that when and to make we can up. Do a Walking Dead. Wonder, yeah, Walking Dead yeah. one. Yeah, every, every now and then on this show. Um, a new series of The Walking Dead either premieres or finishes and Sharon and Sean do probably what Sean and I are about to do with WandaVision and go, <laughs> Sharon and Sean go off and go oh this that or the other and there's just me sitting down there going can't be I'll bothered I'll over The Walking Dead yeah <laughs> can't can be bothered yeah, The Walking Dead it ruined Jeffrey Dean Morgan it ruined him <laughs> as Sean said the other week all he can do now is Negan or all Negan, Negan. was was him so have you ever thought that maybe that's all Jeffrey Dean Morgan was doing before he got the role of Negan but now that he has Negan it's just really really obvious that that's all he did yeah, I still maybe. think of him partly as um, you know the Winchester's father in Supernatural <laughs> but I only watched the first sort of six seasons of Supernatural before I gave up on that completely um, but yeah he was in the very first two seasons of Supernatural as hey, their dad of course you can't go there you can't go on that you can't go on that Sean, are you talking to a cat? Yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> oh, right, cool. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, and I was a cat. He was just going to about to leap on the keyboard. Oh, right, cool. Oh, so, yeah. Because he just started saying stuff, and I was like, I don't know why, yeah. but I just feel like he's talking to a cat. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a cat. All right. Okay, cool. So, so that's going to happen, and at some point, you guys are going to talk Walking Dead. Okay, cool. And yeah. I, I, I promise to be civil. Nah. <laughs> I promise to be civil when that happens. Okay, so you had to, Sean, you had five. I had, 
at the, I'm sure I watched more, but at the moment, there's only two things I can remember. So what we're yes. going to do is that we're going to run through the different things that we watched, have a quick, almost like one sentence review of them. And then each one of us is going to pick one thing that we watched this week to bring to the table and say, now this is the one I really, really want to talk about and go in depth with. So... Sean, as the winner, whenever we do something like this, because you watch everything, do you, would you like to take, it, take us through all the things you watched and the one that you want to bring forward and talk about over and above all the others? Okay, so here we are. I mean, I have to remind myself, I did write them down because I've, I've done it before and I'm sure there's loads of stuff I've seen that we haven't reviewed because, you know, it just sort of slips your mind, doesn't it? Like you said, you're not sure what you remember. But anyway, I'll start off. Well, there's this film called The Rising Hawk, 2019 film. It's basically... These villagers have gone up into the Carpathian Mountains to hide from the Mongols, but the Mongols appear up there. I think it's loosely based on on story on a on a story of the Mongols coming. And there's two brothers, which um, the 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 leader of their tribe is is the, he wants to fight the Mongols, and then you've got the leader of another tribe who wants to work with the Mongols. But bad things happen, kidnaps, you know, the normal the normal people. Bit of love story, loads of uh, sort of arrows and swords and people getting chopped off and stuff with big axes and you know that. So generally just normal, the Rising Hawk 2019, normal, run-of-the-mill, seen them a dozen times, not particularly great, you know. It's okay, it's okay as a watch. It was in the Carpathian Mountains, is it like, uh, you say the Mongols and all that, is, me, is, it, me, a, is it an American production or is it... <laughs> I don't really know without well, looking. I would say it's, it's a Europe. Yeah, I would say it's a European production. You know, it's um, All right, cool. All right. so uh, so 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 not that enamored. How many stars? Um, probably give it a low three, a low right. three because cool. you know, I mean, it's it was watchable. I, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like. Oh, well, there were some moments. I was like, oh come on, you know. <laughs> okay, cool. Quick but, fire but round. Forgivable. So that's cool. it. Quick fire round. What's next? Okay, next what? Next we got the silencing. Okay. okay, this this is quite a recent one actually. I'm thinking I might save this for another time actually. So we we'll save okay. the silencing. Okay, and I'll move on to the, the banana splits movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, I, I love the banana splits when they were little. Uh, Uchongo, all that. This basically is a story. The the banana splits things are still going. Um, bunch of kids uh, go to watch it with adults, and you've got all the people. You know the. Like yeah, I love it. But of course, la, 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 there's la. there's strange things going on, you know. And so there's the the like, it's not what I seem. So there's like mayhem and a few lot, yeah. lo, a lot of a lot of uh, red makeup and stuff, and you know stuff running around and that bit silly, really silly, actually, really really silly. Um, but pff, again, uh, pff, low three stars, average film. You could watch yeah. it, you know, but it's. There's nothing new. There's nothing, nothing great in it. Um, I heard that people essentially taking the banana splits and trying to turn them into a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's basically what it is. It's just like a horror movie with silly traps and you know, and like you, you've got a young lad that's like, oh, Snorky, I like Snorky. Blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> so you know, he's my favourite. Like he, tur- <laughs> he, he turns out. He turn- well, I, I, do you know he's the pretty nondescript one that I never really, uh, mm. never really thought about much. Um, and oh, oh no, I can't go into that story about anyway. But anyway, yeah, so, quick, fire, so, quick fire. So yeah, low three stars on this. Um, and the other one which I'll put for now was it was thank you for your service. So this was a 2017 film about soldiers coming back from Iraq with PTSD, mm. based on a true story, loosely based on a true story. Um, the normal things, you know, you get you get uh, 
one who sort of commits suicide and the others they try they're hiding it all up and that so in the yeah. other saying all let me in let me in and they go to meetings and things like that so this one this one will do a three star it's a bit long a little bit long i think it's a bit too yeah. long could have been a bit shorter but nevertheless it's um it's as i say it's not there's there are a few action scenes in it of, of the incidents that happened, you know, because yeah. basically he, car- he carried, obviously they carried one of, the, one of his mates, one of his soldiers that was wounded and dropped him and he's blaming himself, but he's being, he's being really cool about it and really calm. So yeah. So, so average film, three star. Okay. So, so that's like a, that's like a three star, varying high, low, three star across the yeah. board. Yeah. So yeah. Pretty much. You've gone through all those. What is the film that has, that has risen above the three star mediocrity <laughs> to get you to the point where you say, I yeah. want to talk about this one. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll save, um, I'll save the silencing. Then I'll keep that in in the bag sometimes because I could probably talk a little bit more about that. Okay. This film, right? Okay. This is, a, this is a, a, a film and stars, what, what have I? Do you remember what things have I said about Kira Knightley in the past? <laughs> what things have I said about Kira Knightley? She pouts. Yeah, she's a super pouter and like a. And like a now I just, I just, I just remember generally speaking, you're not a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but in this, she's surprisingly good. She's surprisingly good. Ooh. And this is the story of the the 1970 Miss World contest. Mm. Which, oh, um, I was gonna, I wanted to see this, but I've never seen it yet. Yeah, it was oh, one no. of those films. It was one of those films that it it came out. Did come the, out either mm. the week of yeah. or essentially the release of this film in cinemas coincided with, hey, the Who saying, oh, by the way, guys, this is a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> stay stay at home. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those films that uh, I, I mean, it was everywhere. They had a, they actually put a lot of work into the publicity for this yeah. film. And it kind of disappeared because no one got to see it in the cinema. And but the thing is with this, this I, I mean, being I was when this happened, I was ten years old, and I remember. I mean, I don't remember it in depth to that extent, but I remember it being major, major news. You know, because yeah. you had all these groups, all these women's libs groups, and there was flower bombs thrown at Bob Hope. There was, um, you know, big demonstrations and a lot, a lot of fuss. And it was the first. This was the first one when when a black. Um, or Miss Grenada wins it, you know, with she, she um, yeah. And so it's basically it's the story of behind the scenes, you know, all the all the Miss World contests turn up and they're all it's all like a show. Come on, love, come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah, you know, people yeah, yeah. in the morning. Okay, turn around here. Now we're going to see the back shots. Thank you very much. All that sort of stuff. And then you've got yeah. the the scenes where you've got these different women livers groups. You've got like some real militant ones and ones that aren't quite so militant. And what they decided to do is they said, how are we going to get in? How are we going to get in? Oh, let's buy tickets. You know, Kira Knightley just comes up with, let's buy tickets. Of course, they, they all get arrested and stuff. Um, but I, I really have to say that in this, Kira Knightley was was really good. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm sort of, from, from original, I must say that I was I was quite impressed with her in this. Um, yeah, yeah, because I'm guessing Kira Knightley would have been playing one of the people on the women's lib front. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. She, hmm. yeah because Wait. I think later uh, I think it it might coincide with it, it might be a coincidence or but it definitely does coincide with the um with the upturn in sort of like her performances that lately she's been doing a lot more stuff that is kind of like almost like this is something I actually believe in, especially yeah. when it comes to sort of like feminist causes and fighting for the place of women in the world. Yeah. She says yeah. some stuff. I mean, and she's been going on TV shows and she says some stuff that some people think is, hang on, that's taken in a bit far. Like she won't let, um, 
she won't let her children watch The Little Mermaid, the Disney film The Little Mermaid, because in her words, no woman should ever have to give up her voice for a man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. and she say she's she says things like that, but I think that uh, but I think it means that it it does show in the because she's gone to the point where she doesn't have to take work if she doesn't want it. So no. you find her doing a lot of things that she actually does believe in. Yeah. And I, and I could so when you when she said this I was like she's she's going to have to be one of the people on the women's lip front. Yeah, yeah, she definitely yeah, she definitely is. She's she's Whereas like she's 10 been, years ago she would have been one of the contestants. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But in this so this is this you this movie is seen from all points of view. It's seen from the the movie of of Julia Morley. It's, it's seen from the point of view of you know the the, the people that are putting on the show. It's seen yeah, from the yeah. contestants in the show. Yeah. Um, and it's seen from the the demonstrators. Uh, and there's and also it's a scene. It's really like her mum's in it. And there's there's a couple of times when her mum's obviously got because she's got a little girl anyway. And her mum's you know like putting makeup on on the little girl. And it's like. Mom, what are you doing? And all stuff like goes. Well, you're never here. Blah blah blah. Anyway, yeah. Cut a long story short. So the mother's like old school, and she's saying, "Oh, you shouldn't have given. You know, you wasted. You, you've given up your life to be a housewife." Blah blah blah. So there's all. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of themes in that, which is about different generations. You know, their ideas. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I mean, I this was a great movie. I thought. I I mean, I. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know what sort of reviews it's got. I mean, I'm, I'm looking now at it and it's got like on EMBG, it's got a 6.2, but I don't normally, I never really look at, look at the things before I do a review, but because yeah, yeah. there were so many, I had to remind myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I yeah, think it's worth, I think it's worth more than that for me. Um, and I, I mean, I would, I would give this a four star. I would give this one a oh. four star. I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Maybe it's because I actually remember, I can actually remember yeah. The inter- the, you know, I can remember the thing. So, guy who plays Bob Hope's really good, but I remember it being a really, really big controversial, um, you know, time really, and what happened well, with the. With, with, well, with the... we forget now, don't we, how big a deal the Miss World competition True. was? Because yeah, it I mean, it used to be disappeared from our radar, but it was what one of the biggest television events of the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm well, watching right. it every year, and it was, you know, big deal who won Miss World. Yeah. It would make people's careers. It would for the women who won it. It made their careers. Oh um, yeah, and what's another thing on they, this? They became world famous. You, Is it the they, end? Yeah. The people who played the characters. You actually, there's a couple in there that actually are interviewed at the end. Oh yeah. That played the characters. So you've actually got a couple that, that were really there, and and yeah. also some of the some of the contestants, what they went on to do. I, I mean, I won't give any spoilers or anything, but it's at the end there. You've got that little montage of this per, you know, so. The person who was playing one of the, the the feminists is actually there saying, you know, because they got arrested. They got arrested and things and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And it says yeah. what they're doing now. And so, yeah, no, I I, I, I thought it was a great watch. Great watch. You know, I, it is, I, I liked the idea of the film when I heard about it, because mm. the, there's from the poster, it seems that there's one you can look at this and you can think this is a story about quite frankly, a black woman in Miss World because obviously mm. it has Gugu Mbatha Raw and she is in quite a prominent spot. And well, there's two of them. Two Miss uh, South Africans, yeah. Two Miss South Africans. Oh, is it that they sent a white one and a black one or something? A black, white, miss, yeah, a white, white South African and a black South African. There yeah. was two, I, I mean, I did remember that part of it, but that's yeah. quite interesting, you know. Yeah, and, and but I think the fact that they've essentially used this whole thing of Miss World to look at a lot of 
things there's issues. racism there's feminism there, uh, there's feminism there's sexism yeah. they're yeah. all around that this one thing this one innocuous looking frilly oh yeah give us a twirl kind of thing but it's it looks like they've used that thing to say look there's a and it's almost like a lightning rod yeah. moment in the 70s so yeah. i liked the idea of the film oh, it's, I, it's, it's a great film and obviously some of the contestants are like well i could really do with winning this this could put me on the map because yeah. exactly like sharon said you know they, they used to go on to big things didn't they yeah so, because I, I remember it's even, great it, and and, yeah. and i liked it and i think it's for me it's it's pretty well balanced that's what i like about it um you know and, and you see it from a lot of different points of view of a yeah. lot of different characters which to me is is good movie making because you're not actually yeah. saying because sometimes you can get films that are just totally blatantly in your face like this could be a total yeah. total film about feminism and everything could be feminism with no other points of view Whereas this, yeah. you've got different points of view, and I, I, I really like that in a movie. Yeah, I think that works, doesn't it? Because you think, look, for the women who chose to be these sort of contestants who entered these competitions, they weren't stupid women no. <laughs> who no. didn't know any better. And it's like, we're helping you out, dear, so just like, trust us, we know what's good for you. It's like, no, yeah. they, they were able to make their choices, and they chose to do that. Yeah. So who are you to say, no, you can't make that choice? Because mm. there was this big thing, it reminded me, actually, when you were saying that, about um, the Formula One girls, how they suddenly said, we're no yeah. longer going to have the girls with the champagne yeah. and yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. with their, um, at the end of Formula One races, because you know it's offensive. And then the yeah. girls were saying, hang on a minute, you're putting me out of a job. I've worked really hard to get <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah. And this think, is the job I... I've aspired to do. Who are you to say that it's yeah. offensive for me to do this when I've yeah. aspired to do e this? Job? Exactly. And I think, I think the thing is, it's getting that way now where you're getting it's nice people to every that... argument, isn't there? Yeah, every argument because, but the trouble is, I think, and I mean, even me, who will consider myself to be a, a bleeding heart liberal, you know, I, I like sometimes I think some of these things, some of these things are going too far. And if you say anything against it or you have an opinion, well, you're this or you're that or do you know what I mean? And there's no, so, and you, you can't really have an opinion now without being called something, you know, even if you, you're not that, you, if you're not that. Anyway, let's not go into well, that. Well, it, 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 it's it's a big it's a big thorny thing because I understand what you're saying because I, I think that there was an, there was a previous edit edition of the podcast in which I spoke about how I would said something on Twitter about a about a female tennis player whose mm -hmm. attitude I don't like. As like right. I think she's yeah. a brilliant tennis player, and I said something yeah. about the fact I was like I thought she was going to win, I thought she was good enough to win, but her attitude really, really, really got up my nose, yeah. and and people start and people came at me because it was yeah. kind of like you, it's like you can't, and it was the, there was this sort of like thing of nuance, and I understand where they're coming from, and I understand yeah. that that for some people they see anything that's said that isn't a hundred percent positive as an attack because yeah. for a long because for a long time that's what it was for mm -hmm. a long time if you, if you want to talk about women for a long time women were shut up women were it's like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah just go make the tea or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, they were just so sort of like ignored with that and i can imagine that that's a raw thing it's a bit like um and whenever these things happen i try and relate it to something like myself as a black man when some people will say things like oh, one of the big no-nos at the moment is if somebody calls a black person eloquent, like, because like, for, oh. for instance, yeah, like, <laughs> like with me, I speak quite good English. And some people be yeah. like, oh my God, you speak good English. You're quite eloquent. And it's kind of like, well, because I'm black, I'm supposed to be like an idiot. And yeah, it's, yeah. and so there's, there is this, um, there is that thing in there, but I still feel with me, or uh, my approach to it is 
everybody is on a journey and during that journey people are going to make gaps and they're going to say things they're going to they're going to ask questions which might are very well going to be are very likely to be offensive but if you just jump down their throat you shut down the conversation yeah. you, you you shut down the conversation you don't allow the person any room to grow mm. because it, they, i mean there are some people who just don't want to like pierce morgan but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some people who, who don't want to, and they just want to yell and say their own thing and whatever it is, and then yeah. they never want to examine what it is they actually think. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, because th- th- there's, I'll tell you one of the things, right? At the moment, when you talk about things like using gender pronouns and people to, to deciding what pronouns they want to know, whether they want mm-hmm. to be he, she, they, or so that's something that I have so many questions about. Mm-hmm. But I know that a lot of the questions that I... And for me, that's my learning process. I want to ask questions. And when the questions are answered, maybe I'll understand a little bit better what the heck's going on in the world now. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's something that if you ask certain questions, as Sean says, you will be just... Immediate, oh, for be... goodness sake, I can't believe this bigoted person. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You'll be <laughs> shot down. Yeah, yeah uh, but, but I have a lot of questions. And I think when you actually can have a good conversation about it, but I think I understand that the people who... Like, let's say somebody who uses they pronouns. I understand that what they have been met with a lot is people looking at them like they're weird. They're looking at them like they're not supposed to exist. So the second anybody asks a question... I can know a lot of people, it's like triggering for a lot of people. But I really, really hope that what we can get to is a point where you can ask a question and we can sit down and through this, asking these stupid questions, as long as you're willing to learn, we can get somewhere where we actually understand what the hell's going on in the world. Yeah. Anyway, enough of my sermon and my soapbox <laughs> moment. <laughs> enough of my sermon. So, so, but Sean, you reckon that misbehavior did this really well and showed like all, essentially treated everybody like human beings. Yeah, treated everybody, and 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 it came from a lot of different points of view. It wasn't it wasn't humongously biased, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. it was because you you can't get films like that, can't you? Where it's just so like in oh, your yeah. face. It's just, it's just a polemic. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this this was this was yeah. So it's it's, it's worth for me. It's worth the four stars, and I, I would love Sharon to see it sometime, and then yeah, come on absolutely. It was on my list of things to watch. Yeah. Where, where did you watch that? Cinema uh, Sky, Gemma, Sky we were Cinema. planning on watching that. I watched I watched all them Sky Cinema. Except okay. for banana splits, which is Amazon. So, I mean, the thing is, what's good with this with the Sky Cinema is when I'm in the room. I mean, because I'm in the room and I'm doing stuff, I can put actually stuff on. So I I go through like you know like Sky you know like the Sky Box thing with yeah, Sky yeah, yeah. Cinema, and I can just go through. And if there's one that's just sort of starting, I just put it on to see if I'm going to like it or not. And because I mean, I didn't know about this film. I didn't. I knew nothing about this. And if it hadn't been for just flicking through, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Same with same oh, with right. the the flying hawk and stuff you know it's not i didn't these films are films that i didn't go out of my way to watch so so what you're saying is that it's it, it's better for you it works better than something like netflix because the film's starting anyway and then you just sort of put it on in the background and then you get yeah but netflix yeah. you have so to choose to watch you it. have to choose yeah whereas this is sort of choosing for me because if there's something i mean there was something on the other day which was what was it i don't even know i just didn't i didn't it didn't grab me i watched it for about 20 minutes i think it was a robert was it Robert Pat? No, it was uh, who was in it? Who was the guy who used to be in Bros? Luke Luke Goss. Luke Goss. Matt and yeah, Luke Goss, was... but which is I don't know. Is it Luke? No, I don't know what film it was. I think, I think Luke, Luke Goss is the actor. Yeah, he's the, he's the actor, but this film and I watched a little bit of it, and it was just like, nah, not didn't really grab me, you know. Oh, it's, like, it's, it's, but was... I've got to tell you this. I've got. To, or did I tell you last week about what? six un, about six underground? No. <laughs> right. 
Okay, now how about this? I've got to tell you this. I know this is going off on a tangent, right? Six underground, right? I said I was talking at work with Pete. Pete come up with this. There's a guy called Pete, and he says, "Oh, I watched that Six Underground. That was really good. It was like Fast and Furious. It was like all of that." And I mean, I hated that movie, right? Anyway, there's Dan, who I live with. Another one. We were having we were having um, breakfast, and we were sat at breakfast. And he goes, he says to me, real because he's sort of quite quiet. He says, "Oh, I watched that Six Underground the other day," and I thought, "Oh, I went, oh, okay," and. I thought he was going to say, it. he went, it was absolute SHR. Anyway, it, and it, he really, really hated it. He said, I, I could never watch it again. It, it was an awful, awful film. And I was like, yeah. So we went in and yeah, saw no, Pete no, the next no. day. And I said, can I say that on the podcast? He said, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, so yeah. I was like, yeah. He said, uh, it was I mean, awful. Six, Worst film we'd seen. Six Underground is objectively a bad film. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is, but it's I'm, just that I just had to put that in there because... Yeah. Because it was just I was sort of felt, uh, I mean, felt vindicated because Pete was going on about how this film was going to be the new Fast and Furious franchise. No, and how great it was. no, no, and, no, 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 no. And now he's backtracked a bit and gone. Well, I didn't say it was great. I said it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, oh, no. It, it's it's objectively a bad film. It's badly yeah. made. But so anyway, I, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, sorry, Tate. Uh, one more thing about Six Underground. When I say yeah. it's an objectively bad film, I yes. know that obviously it's it's kind of like people talk about things being subjective or everything like that. But I mean, from a storytelling point of view, if somebody is telling you a story and the person kind of goes, once upon a time and the end, that is an objectively bad story because they have they have missed out what it is to tell you. And I think when you think about filmmaking, when you think about when you're looking at something, when you think about where you're trying to understand, like, okay, this person is over here, then all of a sudden they're over there. How did the heck that happen? This person is happy, then all of a sudden the next moment they're crying. How, that is what Six on the Ground is like. It just yeah. doesn't hold together narratively, which is why I say it's an objectively bad film. But anyway, now let's go on to... <laughs> Let's go on to Sharon. Sharon, what are the things you watched this week? Tell us, talk us through the things you watched, the an ending with the one that you want to bring forward. Okay, I well, I did my catching up on my recorded program, so I won't go into those. But I do, I am, I do like to watch things like the Great Pottery Throwdown. Yep. And I do like to watch um, Sky Arts Portrait Artist of the Week and Landscape Artist of the Year. So I do record those and I do have like a catch up evening, which is why I don't always get to watch as many films as yep. you gentlemen. And so the films I watched this week, I watched Damsel, mm -hmm. which is the one I'm going to review. So I should have said that last. But then I also <laughs> ran is a film called A Quarter Spy. And it's basically based on the true story of the SOE, the Special Operations Executive. Um, where they basically sent people into occupied France to help the resistance. And it's become much parodied um, over the years because of, you know, Alo Alo and all these sort of things. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dropping British operatives into um, with their bad French accents. And yeah. you've got all these tropes about the berets and ankle socks and, you know, listen very carefully as you say this anyone. So it's, it's become a bit of a trope. So this is like basically a film. It's trying to tell the true story of two of the women who went into Occupied France and worked in the resistance. There. Oh, wow. So it's an interesting film, not very, um, because it's based on a true story. And I think they've tried to keep it a bit factual. It's a little bit dry. And yeah. um, I found it was a little bit like, a bit snoozy, so I have to say. <laughs> So it was interesting on a more of an intellectual level. It was like, it's good to see that they are re-examining that period of history because it was so much parodied, like with the Secret Army, then with the Lower Low and then with other things that I think 
it, the fact that people are actually looking at that period of history again and saying, actually, let's just strip away all the things we think we know and let's try to have a look at what actually did happen. So yeah, yeah it's interesting. And so I'd give it a three because it was That's interesting, awesome. but not not great entertainment because it's, I don't think they made it as an adventure film. It's not Carver Name with Pride, let's put it that way. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, but yeah, you could say the best you could say for it is interesting. So, uh, so how many stars? Three. Three. And what, where did you watch that? Uh, this afternoon. No, no, where? Where, like on Netflix? On what, what platform? I watched yeah. it on Netflix. Netflix, okay. A Call to Spy on Netflix. And so, Damsel. Tell us about I Damsel. I watched Damsel. That's on Netflix again. And that's a film that stars um, Robert Pattinson and Mia Wachikowski. Wachikowski, I Damn. think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically set in the American West. Um, and it was billed as a comedy western. Though... I don't really think it fits either category. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Whenever anybody starts off a sentence with, it was billed as a, that doesn't really bode well. <laughs> yeah. So I think they, in, I don't think they intended it to be comic or ironic. Yeah. So to me, it was more an ironic title and an ironic sort of time setting. Okay. But the, the, um, but the base of the story is basically it's, you you start off with um, these these two people are waiting for a stage. One of them is an older man dressed as a as a preacher, travelling preacher, black hat, black suit, white shirt, string tie, and the other man is a little bit down on his luck, but they're waiting for, for um, this stagecoach. And then just before the stagecoach arrives, the sort of preacher gets up and just t- starts taking all of his clothes off, and he says basically. I've had enough. This has not done me any good. I've just, I'm tired of everything. Maybe this will do you better good. And he gives all of this stuff to this man and then he walks off into the desert, presumably mm. to die. And then the scene changes to a scene where you've got Robert Pattinson all dressed up in his sort of courting gear with a tiny little Shetland pony that he's going to take to his sweetheart who's been living out west. Oh, yeah. And this is like he's in these. He wants the preacher to go with him to marry them, so that they that this this little horse is going to be like the the, the your wedding present, and that yeah. here's the preacher. He's going to marry us, so everything's going to be perfect. And as the story unfolds, you realise that no one is quite what they seem. And so when it talks about damsel, and you know, Rob Pattinson is heading out out west to rescue Mia Wachowski from the situation that she's found herself in. You realise that things are not as they seem. All right. And maybe the damsel that needs rescuing isn't actually her. Mm-hmm. And then, uh. <laughs> as the story progresses, the the aspect of you know who is the damsel in distress, who needs rescuing does change throughout the the film and it suddenly does take like a, a right turn a 90 degree turn at certain points in the film where you're thinking oh i think i understand where this narrative is going and oh okay that's not going quite okay that's not... and so it does do these sort of sudden um yes complete change in directions and you go and, and it makes you re- again reevaluate who's the damsel who needs rescuing who is the hero of this film? And so it does change its so, uh, well, aspect uh, all the way through. It's, so maybe not quite revisionist. I think revisionist might not be that the word to use. 
but a, a bit like you know how we were talking about Bridgerton and how the lady who wrote Bridgerton, whose name I cannot remember, Julia Quinn. That's it, Julia Quinn. She says that she deliberately gives her characters, her female characters, feminist attitudes that they would not have been allowed to have in yes in that real period. Is it a bit like that where you say this film has taken that time period and has done something with it that might not be accurate, but is probably making more of a point about today? Yes, I think it certainly is evaluating that again from a feminist viewpoint you know they the robert patterson's character sets out he is going to rescue mia wakowski mm-hmm. um, sorry if i mispronounced her surname i never know quite how exactly how to say it but um yes and then as the film progresses you realize she does she neither needs rescuing nor does she want to be rescued <laughs> Okay. And at different points in the film, the same assumption is made of different characters. Oh, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to help you. It's like, actually, I don't want or need your help. <laughs> so it's interesting in that regard. Entertaining. I watched it with my mum because we thought, oh, yeah, that would be quite a nice light watch to watch. And neither of us were, were too completely impressed, really. We were a bit like, what's all that about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so for us, it didn't quite hit the mark. Okay, so how many stars would you give it? I would give it a yeah. Again, I get. I'll probably say I give it a three. There are moments to like about it, and there are in, there are interesting scenarios where you're going thinking mm, actually they do meet a Native American in there who is you know perfect. He's again you were talking about you should how you shouldn't make assumptions about how someone speaks based on how they look. Yeah, but, yeah, know, yeah. Again, he's eloquent and his speech is perfect. In fact, he's better spoken than a lot of the other characters. Yeah. And so, and so it's like that juxtaposition of like he looks like someone who lives sort of a pre-industrial existence as the Native Americans did, yeah. and then yeah, he speaks with perfect English and he's intelligent and he's, you know, voicing these opinions that you think whoa, but it's that juxtaposition of what they appear like. So again, it's like who is the damsel here? So he, you know, he is he the victim of like it's. Or is he someone who's completely in control of their their, their existence? Yeah, it does change the your opinion and your your how you how you see someone based on how they appear to based on what their reality is. So it's got some interesting ideas, but it just wasn't terribly good in oh. places. Oh, uh, so oh. yeah, we, I would give it a three. All right, I'm going to go. I have her name in front of me, and I'm going to go with Wasikowska. Wasikowska. Wasikowska, or it could be Masikowska, but because it looks ooh, okay, this is this. Uh, I'm going to lay out all my assumptions right now, because the 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 name looks Polish, and I know that when they have a W, it usually goes into a V sound. So I'm going to yeah. go with Wa- Wasikowska, Mia Wasikowska. <laughs> all right, cool. So three stars for that. It sounds like it's an interesting experiment, yeah. and uh, quite frankly. That that could be the that could be the definition of Robert Patterson's career over the last decade oh, or so. He certainly chooses odd choices. Yeah, it's like oh, Robert Patterson, an interesting experiment. The Lighthouse, an interesting experiment. <laughs> so, every, ever ever since Twilight, he just uses money to do all sorts of weird and wonderful things, which makes me think that the next Batman movie is going to be an interesting experiment mm-hmm. <laughs> because yes, that's quite. that's what that's what gets oh, it. That's what. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it's quite funny. I decided I've, I've got me top ten films of the last decade, like twenty ten to twenty twenty. I sort of yeah, went yeah, through. Yeah, you're, you're, 
you were saying that have you finally got your list sorted i think yeah it was a tough one and there's just there's like a tie on 10 but i've got most of them all right cool okay so just before i go through the things i watched this week give us give us your top 10 sure you want the top 10 you want them or do you want to save for another time yeah i'll give you a top 10 if you want yep yeah give us a top 10 so we have got can I make two guesses? I can guess two of them, I think. Three. You can, all right, then. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Go I on, would then. guess you're going to have Baby Driver in there. Oh, well done. I would well also done. guess Leave No Trace in there. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, well done. That's two of them. <laughs> uh, there's a th- um, now I'll, I'll stick with those two for now. Yeah, okay. Any, do you want to have any stabs, Toast? Uh, I don't know. I've, I'm going to have to go. The only things oh. I can think of are the ones that came out recently. I'm thinking oh, maybe wait. 1917. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, people, if people watch the Facebook page or anything like that, they can come up with, with what they think I might like of the last 10 years. Okay. So, 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 and then okay, so, so okay, give, we'll give put, you a little bit of time to think about it. You too, Sharon. So maybe okay, you can we'll, say. We'll put that up there. And then next week, Sean will reveal what his top 10 movies of the last decade are. So we're talking 2010 to 2020. 10, 20, yes. Yeah. Okay, so 2010 to 2020. You've, so, got, you've got a couple. Sharon's giving you a little hint there. So, yeah. All right, some cool. some interesting ones in there. Come, Hello, high water. I'm not. I'm not saying anymore. I'm not saying anymore. You'll have to. You'll have to have a guess. All right. Cool. Okay. So so let's. Um, all right. Let's go on to the films that I saw this yeah. week. So what I saw this week, I saw. I've, I've narrowed down to three things. Three things I actually completed seeing. So there was. I go. I, I found myself in the mood for documentaries, and you know, I also had my the whole thing where I'm trying to work through my Netflix list. So I, I was going through my Netflix list. I went to documentaries and there was one of them on my Netflix list. So I was like, oh, I might as well watch this. And it's called Bikram. And it's about the guy who founded the hot yoga movement in America. Okay. Going from, yeah, the oh, 70s wow. onward. Yeah, and it is, but it's essentially at the moment, the guy is a fugitive from America because he's wanted for court cases in America to do with allegations of sexual abuse. And it sort of talks about how this whole thing became a big deal and how this guy became a big deal and how Bikram became like a household name. But it also goes into, is this guy actually, is he a charlatan? Is he a con man? What what the heck is he? But whatever he is, he's really, really charismatic and he managed to get a worldwide movement with people who pretty much treated this guy like a messiah and pretty much treated this guy like, you know, the sun shined out of his crack which was very very barely covered by a speedo when he was doing his hot yoga so so but it's and whenever that happens whenever that kind of thing happens i feel this is about to go wrong whenever people start treating a human being like a god this is this thing is about to go go south quickly and it's a really real real put together documentary i'll probably give it a four out of five um and it reminded me a bit of another one I watched called Epstein, which is all about Bernie Epstein, filthy, and it's all about how people can just build this thing around them and then use it for horrible things, which, I don't know, it, it, it kind of makes me feel sad at the moment. When it, Isn't that uh, funny? Are, you, have little, you have little phases, I think, of watching, like like you say, documentaries, certain documentaries, and then yeah. things, and, and it's like me, the past few few weeks, I've had certain films that I've watched, you know, sort of political, motivated films, a lot of the ones yeah. that I've seen. It's this so yeah yes yes it's one of uh, i think especially because of lockdown you actually get to this point where you're actually like what am i in the mood for watching yeah i yeah. don't just want to watch any random rubbish 
I, I, it's like, what am I actually in the mood for watching? And it's weird how you do go through. Well, just kind of like action movie, no comedy, ugh, no. And I was like, oh, documentary. Yeah, I'm really in the mood for a documentary. It was really, really <laughs> weird. So with that, I watched another one called Long Shot. So these are both on Netflix. And Long Shot is, it's really short. It's, well, meh. It's Long Shot. It has the same name as the Charlize Theron, Seth Rogen movie that was released like last year or so. But it's nothing like that. This is um, it is a documentary about a guy who was saved from death row. Uh, he was saved from death row because he was accused of a crime that he said, I wasn't there. He says, I was at a baseball game. And the only way that they could find that and the only his entire case hinged on the fact that they were filming a TV show at the baseball stadium that day. And his lawyer had to go find the footage, had to go track this footage down to see if he appeared on the video footage or not. And I thought I thought it was actually it was a really, really well told story with the way they put it together. And there's a bit where they're speaking to the guy because it's he's at uh He's at the Dodger, L.A. Dodgers. It's at the L.A. Dodgers Stadium. And the, they speak to the L.A. Dodgers people and the, the guy who's in charge of the franchise and who's talking about how, like, yeah, no, we tried, we did our very best to help. And it's one of the things like, what if, what if, what if? And it, it kind of is one of these things that shows a little bit about the fragility of the American justice system. Mm-hmm. Because if it wasn't for this long shot of finding this one tiny bit of thing, this guy could have had the death sentence. Wow. And yeah, and so it's it's a short thing. It's forty minutes, and I would recommend that I'll give it out four out of five as well. Now, the thing I want to talk about is something that is on. I watched this on Amazon Prime, and I've got to get this title right. It's called "The Map of Tiny Perfect Things." Ooh. I keep confusing. I keep saying the map of little perfect things, but no, it's the map <laughs> the map of tiny perfect things. So this is a film that starts off, and it looks the posters look a little bit like a teen drama sort of story a bit a bit defaulting our starsy or anything like that mm-hmm. but it starts off and then you see this man you see this guy and it starts off he's in bed he wakes up and he has this sort of like look on his face of like sort of teen, typical teenage look on his face he goes downstairs and as he goes downstairs he his sister and his dad are there and his sister starts speaking to him and then he says what his sister's about to say as she says she calls him a loser and he prays and he says loser at the same time as she says loser and then her, his dad is doing a crossword puzzle and he's like dad though what you want is that down that's ugadudu that's this that's that that's that and you find that he seems to be a step ahead of everything that ha- that's happening in his life and as, as it transpires it turns out that he's caught in a time loop so groundhog day so when the film starts you don't know how many times he's lived through this day before but he is going through all these different things that he's done every single day he knows what you see him he's leaving the house and he, he picks up a, a pair of tongs from from the kitchen and he walks out of the house with them and you're like why the heck is he going out with that nobody knows he he goes and rides his bike through traffic because he knows exactly when the car is going to come and all that so you don't know how many times he's been in, in this time loop and um so time loop movies there's quite a few of them there's time loop tv shows things like russian doll on netflix there's quite a few of, and i feel like with time loop movies there's only well like you know they 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 can't really explain why the time loop started mm. and then because they can't really explain why the time loop started there's never really a satisfying reason for why mm. the time loop stops 
so it's always kind of oh i've got to learn to be a better person or something vague like that i mean even groundhog day which is a classic it is all a bit kind of like oh and a bit problematic in that oh what i got to i got to get the woman to love me and then but does she really love you if you've just figured out like a thousand ways of her saying no then you finally manage to stumble upon the way that she says yes (laughs) and and in this, what happens is th- their wrinkle is he is living through this whole thing and he they reference Groundhog Day. They reference all these other films and they say, well, w- one of his friends is like, because he's, he goes to one of his friends and he talks to him every single day because he's like, you're not going to remember this conversation. The, the time's going to reset at midnight and you're not going to remember that I've spoken to you about this enough. To, I can tell you I'm in a time loop. You won't believe me. You would, And his friend is like, well, it, maybe it's like, you know, you've got to find the girl and you've got to fall in love with the girl and maybe that's what we do there. <laughs> so he finds a girl and he thinks, okay, maybe she's the one. And he has this whole plan of where he's going to, that every day, well, on, on this day, she's walking past the swimming pool and she gets hit in the head with like a beach ball and falls in the, in the swimming pool. So he goes through a whole number, a bunch of iterations where he thinks, if I just grab her just before she falls in the swimming pool, that could be the meat cute and that could be it. And that's maybe where we could fall over. Maybe I'll escape this time loop. Then one day as he's going up to go grab her, the ball gets thrown and somebody else walks by and grabs and catches the ball in midair without moving and keeps moving. So that means he's like, wait, wait, how did you know that was going to happen? So he realizes that he's not the only one caught in a time loop. And it becomes, so there's him and a an, 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 uh, girl and they're both caught in the time loop. And so they start hanging out each day to try and figure out what it is that they can do. And the film's called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things because they go, you know, we've been on this day so many things. I'm sure there's all these lovely things that happen on this day that we can find. So they start trying to, because they're bored and they're trapped, they start trying to find all the perfect moments that happened on that one day. So there's a bit where they're like sat by, they're sat by a lake and an eagle comes down and swoops onto the lake and picks up a, picks up a fish and flies off. There's a bit where there's a guy who sat down on a bus stop and a, a, a bus comes behind him with angel wings painted on the bus and it lines up perfectly so the angel wings are over the guy's shoulders. And so there's all these moments where they, they just go around and they just try to find it because they think maybe that's the point of it. So I... I quite liked it. I thought it was quite interesting. I thought it was a bit, it's trying to do something similar with a time or something new with a time loop concept. And when they finally explain the time loop, it does raise a question that if that's what caused the time loop, does that mean that somebody else has trapped this person in the time loop? And does that, do they have the right to trap them in the time loop? And because obviously there's a boy and a girl, there's going to be an element of a love story. And I think it's a bit like the film Passengers where people, people were in arms about the film Passengers because it's a bit like what, when you were asking about consent in Bridgerton, that's popping up again. And you were saying, Oh, is that all right? And there's an element of that for me in this where I'm like, but is that all right? If that happened and because that happened, that other person gets, trapped in there with you and there's a bit where they say oh it's not my story it's their story and i'm like if it's their story then what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, so it it in trying to do something clever and trying to do something different it raises some questions so even though it's the film that i wanted to choose to talk about this week and the other ones i'll give a four out of five i would give this a three out of five i think it's really really well acted by katherine new Catherine Newton and Luke Allen, I think his name is, or Alan Allen or something like that. And um, they, as a central pairing, are actually quite good. They're quite cute together. There's a whole bunch of like really, really indie moments where you know, like, oh, this is the bit where you're supposed to, this is the Juno moment where everyone's going to fall in love with this thing. Uh-oh. And th- they are well done, but I 
kind of feel a bit cynical about them. But uh, but I would recommend it. I would recommend it if you like your time loop things. It's a it's. Yeah. I don't think it's massively anything different. But um, I think that the whole two people trapped in it at the same time and how the interconnectedness does something is quite interesting. So yep. Oh, that sounds quite nice. Mm. Yeah, the map of tiny perfect things. I'll give it a three out of five. Ooh. Right. So we've got to that point where Sharon. Yes, I'm going to say <laughs> adios. Yes, adios. So we're going to end this normal thing and then Sean and I are going to have, I don't know, maybe a 15 minute discussion about one You can head into WandaVision land. Yes. WandaVision. Yes. So, yeah. so until next week, until next week when I don't know what we'll be seeing, but I think we'll probably start be ramping up for cinema's return and we'll be seeing what it is that we can watch it. I think by now we should, we should know what films are going to be released when in the cinema by next week. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, so, that, that, that'd be good. Yeah. And it'll it'll be good. Good. And as I say, keep guessing. Have those guesses on those films. Give that some yeah. thought. And, and, let and, know next and week. next week's when we will also see what Sean's top ten films are of the last decade. It's a <laughs> goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Bye.